So right now, let's welcome up our senior pastor, Chuck Brewer. Woo! All right. And welcome, 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 welcome to everybody here on the patio online. And uh, by the way, I want to echo what you just heard. Uh, I'm excited for today, and I think you're going to be excited for today. But I want to also give you a heads up about next week. Uh, next week, we kick off Advent. We have our Christmas tree lighting. Does everybody love that? Yeah. And um, cannot wait to do that. But uh, we really want to encourage you to get a journal, and, and a couple reasons why. One, so every single day you can be in the Word and focusing on Jesus uh, and do that with other people. The other is because we're doing something called Mission Advent. Uh, and there's a, an everyday to-do that will be so fun and exciting. And, and I believe it's going to make a difference in other people's lives. And so we want you to do that. And uh, our pastors and other teachers every day of Advent are going to be putting devotionals online. Uh, so you'll be able to do that together. So I, I'm excited for what we're going to be doing together. Uh, one of the questions that we do get asked from time to time is why? Why does your church exist? Why do you do what you do? And the answer comes down to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, we are so centered on the gospel, which means good news. And uh, we want people to know the good news of Jesus. And just like Paul said in Romans chapter 1, uh, verse 16, he said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Now listen to this part. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, but the righteous man shall live by faith. So what happens is when we understand the good news of Jesus Christ, it changes us in a moment, but it opens us up to live a life that is so much better, so much more incredible. And the righteous person that Jesus has made righteous lives that way. As we're on the verge of Christmas, somebody might ask you, what do you want for Christmas? I, I ask my grandkids that. Um, I asked Pam that. I asked uh, other people. He said, what are some of the things you want for Christmas? Uh, and then every now and then, someone will give the joke, world peace. I want world peace. And I'm like, me too. Does anybody else want world peace? Yeah. We can be a part of bringing peace on earth to multitudes of people. I mean, a real peace. As a matter of fact, that is the message. The angels cried out when Jesus was born. Remember what it says in Luke chapter 2, verse 14. It says, glory to God in the hev highest heaven. And now look at those words. Peace on earth to, with whom, uh, to those with whom God is well pleased. Now, don't miss that. He said, glory to God in the heavens, the angels said, a multitude of angels. It was actually called an army of angels. And they said this, and peace on earth to those who, with whom God is well pleased. Now, interestingly, it's not peace on earth to everybody. Did you, did, please don't miss that. Uh, the angels said, peace on earth will only truly come to those with whom God is well pleased. So the question would be, are you and I someone God is pleased with? Are we someone who's discovered that? Today we're living in a world where so many people are hurting and so many are in pain. But when we please God, there's a remedy for anxiety, a remedy for despair, for hurt, for turmoil, 
and for the pains of the past. The answer is found in the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And in Jesus' coming, uh, we see that he came. He came not only to be a baby in a manger, but to live the most incredible life ever. He never sinned, not even once. But the sinless man would die on the cross for you and me. And in that, we step back and begin to realize something. While he came as a man, he was not just a man. He was the Emmanuel, which means God with us. He came, he came so God would be close. He came so you and I would know God. And when you understand who Jesus is and what mattered to him, you begin to understand this. Get ready. You matter to him. You matter to him. That's why he came. In Matthew 9, verse 36, it says this, seeing the people, and I always like to stop there. He sees you. You may not see him. You may not be aware of his presence. He sees you. It says, seeing the people, he felt compassion for them because, why did he have compassion? Because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. The word distressed in the Greek in the New Testament is written in Koine Greek, uh, actually means those who are harassed. Something's eating at you. Something's bothering you. Something's on you. Dispirited means thrown down or cast aside. So if you feel like something's coming against you, something's not right, something's very, very wrong in many cases, or you feel like I've been cast aside and no one cares, the Lord says, I see you. I see you. I, uh, I was thinking about this when I was studying this, is the word distressed, distressed. How do you go from being distressed to de-stressed? Now, now, this to me is cool. Get ready. Some of you will not think this is cool. But I think it's cool. So I'm going to have you decide. How do you go from distressed to de-stressed? You ready for the answer? You got to get rid of the I. Okay, come on. Yeah, yeah. Okay, a few of you are with me. Yeah, if you get rid of the I, there's no distress in your life. And you know what the Lord wants you to do? He wants you to get rid of the I, not because you don't matter, not because you're not vital to all the things he wants to do with you and in you, but because of this, because he says, when you focus on you, listen, when you focus on you, you find yourself distressed. You find yourself without peace. You find yourself not living life to the fullest. So Jesus said these words, if anyone wants to come after me, if you want to be my follower, then you must deny yourself. Uh, you must put self aside and you must focus on me. And the Lord wants to, to see things change. He wants to have you have faith replace fear. He wants you to have you joy replace despair. He wants the past to be gone. And you're not defined by pains of the past or failures in your past. The grace of God comes when you don't deserve it. He doesn't want you to deserve it. He wants you to receive it. See, when you feel like you have to deserve it, you're focusing on the I. Focus on what Jesus did. Uh, you know, I was watching one time when a high-level CEO, Jack Welch from General Electric, found himself in a situation where a pastor was witnessing to him. And Jack Welch was sitting there caught off guard. He thought it was just going to be, it wasn't, it wasn't like it wasn't planned. I mean, he somewhat knew, 
He wasn't blindsided, but he was caught off guard how direct the pastor was. And uh, the man looked at Jack Welch and said these words. He said, Jack, do you know what the difference is between what we believe and what you believe? And he said, no. He goes, here's the difference. You're telling me about everything you did for us because of Jesus. It's all done. It's all done. Yeah. And uh, Jack ended up giving his life to the Lord. Some of you need to understand Jesus wants it all done. All done with you, all done for you, all done on your behalf. He wants it all done. And so you and I need to understand it's for you. So today, right now, it's so important that we think about that. I want to ask you, is this a moment where you need to know what it's like to be de-stressed and to have peace, to have joy, to have his love? Whether you're here in this room right now on the patio, somebody on the patio, maybe you just kind of wandered in or out there wondering what, what's next. Some of you are online right now and And you know what? The Lord sees you. Now, don't miss that. It started out with he sees you, and he wants you. And whether you know it or not, you couldn't be more loved by him than you are. So what do you need to do? You need to commit your life to the Lord. You need to focus on him. You need to come after him, because he's coming after you in a good way. So right now, if you're here or online or on the patio, I'm going to ask you to to pray a prayer with me. If you're ready to say yes to the Lord, I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer. And what you're doing in this prayer is you're going to pray and you're going to commit your life to Christ. You're either going to commit or some of you need to recommit your life to the Lord. So let's do that together right now. Let's pray. Jesus, I know you love us. And I know you love us with an everlasting love. I know the done moment that happens is because you died on the cross for us and for our sins. And for the sins that were committed against us. So now we can live a life with you, no longer defined by failure or shame or guilt. And no longer longer plagued by hurt and pain. But we could be free. We could be yours. So I pray right now for anybody, this is the moment they need this. Lord, I pray there's a stirring in their heart. Right now, if you love the Lord, pray for people to say yes to him. Just pray the prayer. Pray, pray, pray that they'll say yes. And right now, I'm about to lead that prayer, but I want you to think about it. Is this your moment? And I hope you don't wait. I hope you don't hold off. Is this your time? There's someone here. This is what you've been searching for. This is it. Maybe you don't even know it, but this is it. So Lord, I pray for them right now. So right now, if that's you, pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus. I know you love me. Say, I know you love me, because he does. Say, I know you died on the cross for me and for my sins. I pray you'll forgive me and cleanse me from all my sin. I pray you'll heal me from hurt and from pain. I pray you'll free me. 
from anything or anyone that would hold me down or hold me back. And then say these words, say, but most of all, I pray you'll make me yours. I pray you'll make me alive. And I pray you'll make me brand new. So I say yes. And if that's all you can say, just say it. Say, I say yes. Maybe you prayed nothing else. Just say, I say yes. I say yes to you. And I say yes to the life you have for me. So take me now and make me yours. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen if you prayed that prayer. By the way, if you're online and you prayed that prayer, I want to ask you to make it known by texting AMEN to 77247 or by going to CrossroadsChurch.Family. And by the way, if you do that, we're going to get back to you. We want to pray with you. We want to send you a free book that we think will really, really be beneficial to you. So if you pray that prayer online, make sure and let us know by texting AMEN to 77247 or go to Family. But I have a lot of people tell me this. They'll say, do you know what my favorite time in the service is? My favorite time when we gather together. And you know what they say? When people come forward at invitation. Yeah, and they watch that. I have had a few people tell me recently that they go to a different church and they love their church. But they want, they want to see someone be saved, they bring them to Crossroads. Isn't that kind of fun? See, one of the things we love here is the cause of Jesus Christ. Luke 19, verse 10 says this. Jesus said, for the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which is lost. I I think that's so incredible that Jesus said, do you know why I came? I came to seek and save that which is lost. Have any of you ever lost something in the house and you call everybody together going, nothing else matters. We're finding my keys. Yeah, or, or my phone. Or my, my two-year-old, where are they? You know, um, but you know what the reality is, is that Jesus said, I would move heaven and earth to seek and save the lost. And you and I want to be in on that too. And so what happens when someone's found? Well, you know what it says in Luke 15, verse 7, I tell you that in the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Now, here's the thing. He said, you know what? It's not there isn't joy over the 99, but there's more joy. There's more joy over the one that comes, over the one that finds him, over the one that in that moment is a part of the fulfilling of what we call our great commission. Jesus gave us a mission that's our great commission. And most of you here know it, but make sure you don't miss it. In Matthew 28, verse 18, it says, and Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore. Notice, you and I are to go. It says, I want you to go and do this. I want you to be a part of this. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I was intrigued by this, and I sent out this on an email to you, but uh, the church is growing at a rate like never before. Matter of fact, that to me is a sign of the coming of Jesus Christ. But here's what I don't want you to miss. 
For every Christian in the world, there's only nine non-believers. So the question you and I have is this, who is your nine? Who are you going to? Who are you seeking to reach after? Who is that person that you want to see come to know Jesus Christ? And so I've been asking that question for me and for my friends I've been asking it. Who is your nine? Because we're to go and we're to make disciples. And Jesus said, how do you make disciples? Well, he says it starts by sharing that gospel message like I just did and then baptizing them baptizing them. And since 2007, since Pam and I came to be with you, we have seen 13,040, or actually 50, 13,050 people baptized into Jesus Christ. The reason I stumbled on that is because we just baptized Amber. <laughs> Man, that was emotional. Her, She was crying and and those moments never get old. They're always new. They're always incredible. They're always amazing. But it starts with what? It starts with sharing the gospel and seeing them baptized. Then the next step is this, is, is that we teach them to do all that Jesus commanded. Uh, that's why this church is a church of the word. Uh, we're a church of the word of God, a church that teaches the word of God. And so we want to center on the word. And that's one reason why in this season, we're going to be making a change to what we do here at Crossroads. Uh, before this, before COVID, uh, Wednesday night was the first weekend service, we called it. So Wednesday and Sunday was alike. But, but during COVID, there were a lot of things that made us step back and go, we got to do it different. So now what we're going to be doing Wednesday nights is going to have a unique message that we're calling a house of study message. So on Wednesday nights, we are going to be going more theological. Uh, we're going to be, even though the, the gospel matters to everybody, Jesus' word always matters. It, it, the, the Wednesday night service is more about deeper theology. Uh, so that's what we're going to be doing. So for instance, uh, right now we're doing the seven churches of Revelation. Uh, in January, I'm excited, we're going to do the names of God. I want to teach you the names of God. We're going to follow that with spiritual warfare and how to wage that. And then we're going to do a really cool study called the theology interview, which almost all of you are going, what? Well, I shared with some of you know this, that whenever we go to, to interview people to come on staff, they have to pass a theology interview. Most people fail the theology interview. Are you ready for this? Bible college graduates pastors. When I was trying to interview for a teaching pastor, more than one of these men that I do love and care about failed the theology interview. And so a couple of them I'm going to be mentoring because they're like, you know what I did? I failed. I'm like, you did. By the way, Craig Olson passed, just so you know. <laughs> I want you to pass the theology interview. So we're going to do that study. And uh, so that's what we're going to be doing on Wednesday nights is taking you deeper that way. But what I want to say is this, is that Jesus wants us uh, to be a church uh, that, that really does do that, that teaches all he commanded us to do. And so starting in January, by the way, our Wednesday night service will be in person and online uh, so we can reach more people that way. But we're to take that gospel message and do that. Going from where we are now to our next city and our next place to the ends of the earth, baptizing people and teaching them all that the Lord commanded.
In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus said this, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, and even to the remotest parts of the earth. And so what happens is the Lord wants us to take his love, to take his care, to take his message to even the most remotest parts of the earth. And we're a church committed to that. And by the way, today you and I are going to be a part of doing that here and online, by the way. But I don't want you to miss it. But you know what? Whenever people go to Disneyland, uh, there's like certain rides they love the most. Uh, you know, and so some people like the ride. It's a small world. Anybody like that ride? Okay, I think it's boring. But anyway, I, I'm glad you like it, though. Uh, but some people like Rise of the Resistance or Spider-Man Web Slinger. But there's one ride that people talk about all the time. It's called Soaring Over California or Soaring Over the World. So we're going to do, get ready, a Soaring Over the World Crossroads style. Uh, we're going to do that together. So let's take a, a look at what the Lord has done. And, and I'm only going back as pretty much uh, since Pam and I have been here, uh, not because that's the only thing. Prior to us, this church was doing great ministry in lots of places around the world. But, but I want to center on this right now so it's a little more current time. What have we been doing around the world? Well, it started in California, obviously, because the Lord said, I want you to go to your city. I want you to go to your Jerusalem. And uh, while everybody matters, uh, our Jerusalem overall is this area, the Corona area. And so you know that one of the ways we bring the gospel to Jesus Christ to many people is we're feeding people. We're feeding hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. And during the COVID pandemic, it became a lifeline to people. We also do boldly bless here and around the world, but we change lives here. And then we work with the LA Dream Center, and we've gone into Riverside and done Adopt-A-Block and into Home Gardens and done that, where we go into under-resourced areas and show people God's love in an incredible way. We also partner with a group in Anaheim that helps refugees uh, that have come to our country, many of whom uh, uh, don't have any idea of even how to speak English, and as they're learning to speak English, they get the chance to learn about Jesus as we use the Bible to teach them that and be a part of that, and so we love Nazareth, actually she heads that, and we get to partner with him. Then, when there's been times of natural disaster, uh, we have sent teams to be a part of that. Uh, in Oklahoma, there was a time where a tornado devastated a town taking so many lives, it was just catastrophic. And we had a team go there bringing love and care and hope and helping people find things uh, that they wouldn't have found if we didn't have that team there. Another disaster that hit that was huge and devastating was Hurricane Sandy uh, in New York City. And so we went to New York City. Um, some of you know we teamed up with Rich Vietos, who's one of my friends at his church in New York City. And he said, Chuck, the first thing we need is blankets. And this church sent blankets, tons of blankets, by the way, probably tons, like a ton of blankets, uh, to people there that needed it. But also a team of men from our church said, we can't sit back. And they went into the midst of the devastation, and they helped rebuild people's homes. And there are people, my friend Rich told me this, even now. He said, there are people in their homes today that know they're in their homes because of Crossroads, uh, which I think is really, really incredible. So we, that's our local area that we've done that, our own nation. We also go and do work in Mexico. And one of the places we did work was with a, a woman we discovered named Myra. Myra uh, was a cook in an orphanage, 
But what happened is she was so severely abused, she took her five children and fled and tried to find safety. Uh, she was homeless, going from shelter to shelter with no hope, and this orphanage discovered her. They found out she could cook, but they found out she was one of the sweetest people they had ever met. And yet she was still homeless until Crossroads got involved. And uh, 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 Caesar, who was on staff with us back then, partnered with Lisa Mitchison and our global outreach team. Our staff wives got involved. Our Crossroads High School got involved. And we built Myra, that home right there. Yeah. That's our Crossroads High School students. Uh, Here's what you need to know about that home. Uh, I had two people get a hold of me right after it was built and say, do you guys know that is the best home we've ever seen built? in that area. They said, you set a new standard we're going to go by for all the people who need homes in that area. And so we gave Myra a place to live and her kids a place to live. And last March, Myra died. But her kids are still living there. Now, let me say this. Had we not done this for Myra and her kids, her kids would have nobody right now. But Crossroads, now I mean this, you showed up. You showed up, and now those kids have a place that's still home because of you. And that's the kind of thing. This church shows up. Do you, isn't that right? Yeah, we do that. So everybody matters, and everybody makes a difference. We also uh, were a part of doing work in Nicaragua, where we were helping churches and also doing building projects for them. We also were helping in Peru, uh, where Ricky and Tracy Oliveras were doing a ministry and needed support, and we had teams go down there putting on VBSs and making sure they were supported and had care at a time they didn't have it. I remember, you probably don't even know who they are, but man, they, they, they literally, when I say in tears, were crying, telling me, hey, we don't know if we had made it without crossroads and so we got to show up for them in a really really special way and then of course many of you know uh, that during a huge catastrophic time where a tsunami hit Chile uh, we had a team go there uh, providing relief for them and making a difference there the next part of our soaring all the world takes us all the way to to the Lebanon where we recently saw that huge explosion happen and so when that explosion occurred uh, we were able to be uh, partner with churches to provide aid uh, and also the gospel went out in an incredible way. And then we also have our work in the Holy Land, which I love, where we get to go in uh, to parts of the Holy Land and make a difference there, especially uh, amongst children who uh, uh, have special needs. And in the Islamic culture, if a child has a special need, they tend not to be cared for. Uh, but we're supporting groups that are doing that and supporting a church that's the last evangelical Christian church in Ramallah. And, and so we, we partner with them and support them and make sure that they know uh, that we are supporting them and going on. And then almost all of you know about Kenya. Kenya has a special place in the hearts of all of us. So in one of the worst slums in the world, the Kiyomiko slum, we have been a part of making a difference there. And uh, we uh, have been a part of seeing over 1,800 children sponsored. Uh, We've been a part of seeing them get school medical care, uniforms. And then recently we started working in an area called Alterot. And I want you to kind of step back from that picture a little bit. For those who didn't know, this is a a cultural area where girls as young as eight years old were being married off to old men. And when I say married off, I mean they were actually, uh, they they had every aspect of being a wife at eight. 
uh, in other words, sexually. And when that was discovered, the team we work with there said, can you help make a difference? And, and so we said, yes, we can. And so Mary uh, Kamau went and met with the village leaders and said, if we build a school for you, will you stop marrying your girls off? And they said, yes, we will. And guess what, Crossroads? That school is up, functioning, and expanding. And those girls right now, those girls are not, not enduring that kind of a lifestyle. Now, almost all of you must know about what happened in Afghanistan, right? When Afghanistan fell and the Taliban took over and now, you know, Christians' lives are in danger. Well, we support a group that had 24 uh, uh, 24 Afghanis who were working to spread the gospel. And when the Taliban took over, the, the agency we support offered all 24 an opportunity to leave. And you ready for this? 19 said no, and they stayed. Those 19 are still there. Those 19 are risking their life to do what Jesus said to do with the Great Commission. But we, right now, Crossroads, were a part of supporting them and making sure they know they matter and they're not left out. Then, of course, many of you know that we, for a long time, worked with Ajay Law in central India, uh, caring for orphans, doing medical care, helping plant churches. And, and so we got to be an incredible part of partnering with them for a long period of time and doing that. And then in Nepal, we actually are a part of use, uh, reaching out to an unreached people group. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean, the Bible says very clearly that Jesus will come when, when he is preached to all nations, the word nation is all ethnic groups. Guess what? Uh, Saddleback and some other churches and Crossroads, we've been finding out where those unreached groups are, and this is our unreached group, and we're bringing the gospel there along with other chur churches. So we're hastening the coming of Jesus Christ right now as we take the gospel to an unreached people group. And then there's our work in Cambodia amongst a, a, a very often the poorest of the poor there, but especially in a brick factory where the people we partnered with and work with found children were actually at a very young age put into well, a form of slavery uh, and, and never ever in their lives going to be able to leave the brick, brick, brick factory. But the people we work with got the owners of the brick factory to agree to let the children go to school. And so we were a part of supporting that. And those children are getting an education. Those children are getting hope. And those children are not slaves any longer and have a chance to be free. And we get to part of that. Thailand is a place where the capital of sex trafficking happens. And all around the world, people travel to Thailand to, uh, to do the most deviant things imaginable. And so Diana, who's from our church, had a passion to see that be put to an end. And she started a ministry called Sheer Love, where they go in and they rescue girls and boys and men and women out of sex trafficking. They're actual slaves. They rescue them out and they teach them to do hair care and, and cosmetology so that they actually aren't just rescued and have nothing. They're rescued out and now have a profession. And they share Christ with them. Uh, by the way, recently they baptized a bunch of them. And so uh, we're a part of really seeing them set free too. And so we get to do that together. 
In the Philippines, Mike and Jeanette Prop went to one of the smaller islands that was almost overlooked and unknown, and they established an orphanage there, and we were a part of helping them establish that and helping them move forward in the ministry there, and so today that's functioning in an incredible way, and we got to do that together. And that brings us to another country right now that I want to talk to you about. It's called Haiti. Haiti right now is it still in the midst of the devastation that happened because of the hurricane that hit, uh, Hurricane Grace. Uh, it has devastated the island. They already were in trouble. Uh, they already were in need, and most of you know that. Uh, their infrastructure is almost nothing, and their president had been assassinated. So when that hit, it just destroyed the island in a way that was even more catastrophic and more devastating. So we've been praying and asking, what can we do? How can we as a church show up? Because we're a church that shows up, but we want to show up in a way that makes a difference. And while we were looking into that, I think many of you know that 19 missionaries were kidnapped. And uh, till this day, we can't find out where they are. We know that other pastors and missionaries are targeted for kidnapping. And here's the thing I want to tell you again. The vast majority are not leaving. They're staying down there and risking their lives. And I think it's so important that we support them. It's so important that we just do something even more than pray. Prayer matters, but I think we got to do something more than pray. Would you agree? And so we've been wondering what we could do. So guess what? You and I get to do it today. Today, right now. Uh, Lisa Mitchison was able to find an organization that's incredible, that works through churches, that makes sure real care is shown, and the things we do get to the people who need it. So today, I'm going to challenge you, everyone at 100% of us, here on the patio, online, I'll talk to you in a minute. I want to I wanna challenge you to do something. I want to ask you before you leave today, I'm going to end the message in a minute. All right, we're about to be done. So that you can go outside and you can pack a bag that will have seven nutritional meals in it. And Crossroads, we're going to feed 70,000 people. Yeah. 70,000 meals are going to go out from us. And that the, the group we're working with have workers here today. We're assuring you it will go. We're assuring you it will get to the people who have the most need. Uh, it's nutritious. It has long shelf life. It'll make a difference. And so we get to be a part of that. Thanks again for joining us. If you've made a decision to follow Jesus today, we hope you'll text AMEN to 77247 so we can provide you with the resources to help you on this journey. If this message resonated with you or you need prayer for something, would you let us know in the comments below? Our team reads every comment that comes through and we love interacting with you. If this message added value to your life, click the subscribe button and turn on post notifications so that you'll never miss out on a new message. We're live on Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. right here online and Sundays at 9 a.m. and on demand anytime after that. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next time.